0: Good morning, church. Our scripture reading for today is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 27. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave So that after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the price This is God's Word
1: Oh, good morning. How are you going? I just wanted to start by saying uh, th- uh, thank you to uh, to Rachel and to Brian uh, for taking the pulpit in the last couple of weeks. Rachel Rachel's here today, and Brian was visiting. Uh, uh, he's one of our ex billabongers and came and preached last week. Uh, I just I felt that both Brian and Rachel handled the scriptures with great thoughtfulness and care. And uh, really appreciated what they had to say. What they had to say. Just so you know, I um, I applied for a job at Woolies this week, as apparently I won't be paid anymore. And uh, I thought about tent making, but there's just not the market for it anymore. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to what Brian said last week. Let's uh, let's pray, and uh, we will jump into this passage we've just read. Father, I just thank you so much for the for your word. For the scriptures, uh, for our access to them, so that we can so easily uh, have them in front of us to read, and and, and what, a, what a privilege that is. And more um, so, Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, your very presence here with us, with us who uh, who reveals to us um, fresh revelation from this from your word, uh, who comforts, comforts us, challenges us, um, encourages us. And I um, I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to take my words this morning. Uh, and to help to translate them to our hearts um, as we receive what you would have to say, Father God. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for the salvation uh, you have freely given to us, your children, because of the blood of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus. His mercy, his goodness. As we reflect on this this morning and our our responsibility in, in stewarding this gospel, Lord, I pray you would both encourage and challenge us as you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, last week, uh, Brian highlighted something really, really important. In fact, kind of in a sense, fundamental to uh, our pro- our approach uh, as as uh, to to church life and to ministry. Um, He spoke in in, in a sense about the ministry of all the saints, Um, that not just about an elite few who do something and the rest of us just consume, but that we all have this ministry together, the priesthood of all believers, as the Bible calls it sometimes. Um, Or that we're all, in a sense, apostles. Brian was so bold as to say, um, sent one, sent with a message. Why would we say something like that, which for some might border on heresy? Um, Because it's about function. Brian said it's not about status or position that we have; it's about our function. What matters is what we do, really, with what we're entrusted with—the God's message entrusted to us of good good news. It's not whether we've been selected for this particular title or status, or have a particular gender or, or, or position. Um, and so that that can completely change the dynamics of what church is about uh, if if our thinking has been that the church that I attend does X Y and Z or um, it it can shift how we think because if in the church we are all ministers of the gospel compelled to tell as uh, as Brian put it last week um, now we are the church seven days per week 24 hours per day and wherever we are whatever we're doing uh, we're on mission um, and in ministry And, and brian reminded us that that uh things that we have collectively achieved as a church um so for example this building uh and and having built this community center um, that they have a distinct purpose behind them. That they're not, a, not an end in themselves, like we built the building and this is what it's all about. But there's a purpose and that purpose, for example, of this building is missional, is the way um, Brian put it. And this, this building, in other, in other words, is a means by which we develop opportunity with people to tell of the good news of Jesus, his love, his grace. For all humanity, and so our, our goal is is not a building or a, or a program or a, or a gathering or any any of that. All of those things are important, but they they help us most importantly with the one important goal of this this telling of the gospel to one another and to others. Um, now that's that's great, but this leaves you and I, if if I'm. Understanding what Brian said, right? It leaves you and I with with a one very important question that I don't think Brian quite answered. Not that he needed to, because we we're, we're getting to that. But it, it leaves a very big question, in my mind at least. And that question is how. It's like, okay, well, I've got good news to share. I'm compelled to tell. Um, uh, I'm not just an attender of a church. I'm an an apostle. I'm a sent one who is part of the church, Christ's body, uh, with with a mandate to take that message to those around me. How do I do that? Where do I start? I mean, okay, we've got this building designed to build bridges with our local community so we can bring them into, not just into the church, but to Jesus. How? Where do I start? What do I do? What does this look like? Because most believers, I would include myself in this, Uh, completely most of us don't feel like much of an evangelist like we can just walk up to someone and let's say I'm here midweek and I'm like hi I'm Luke oh you come to Weight Watchers here that's great can I tell you about Jesus and how he died for your sins like it conversations don't tend to go like that Um, and and I guess the question well am I just shy are we just do we need to be more bold maybe that's a little bit of it but I want to outline today a, a bit of a problem an issue I think exists in the thinking of many if not most churches and Christians that, that freezes us a bit in fear installs stalls us in the mission and, and, and stops us in what we're really purposed and meant for. Um, here's the issue over on this side we have evangelism which might to you mean, and to, I think to most of it, mean, go out proclaiming, enticing, in, uh, arguing, defending, preaching, compelled to tell, tell the good, tell the good news, good news, good news, right, that's evangelism. And then over on this side, we have discipleship. And, and maybe that to you means something like sit down for a coffee with a Christian mentor or mentee. Once a week and grow in understanding and relationship and be part of a life group and be part of you. So it's, it's that relational with other believers side, discipleship. And, and so what we have is this idea that it's in terms of somebody's own life journey, evangelism, which leads to conversion. Now I'm a Christian. And then discipleship, Right. Anybody think that way? Maybe, maybe not quite exactly how I've described it, but that's that's generally the thing: evangelism, you telling people about good news, good news. Good news, all right. Conversion. Now they've accepted it. Now discipleship. Paul, and I would argue Jesus as well. We don't have time to go into that today. Paul has a very different approach. Now you might like to call it evangelship <laughs> or discipleship. I don't, I don't care. Maybe you get the drift, though. It's, it's if you like. Relationship, because that's that's the essence of discipleship. It's life on life together. It's relationship that leads to gospel transformation. Um, it's 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 discipleship and evangelism together. It's um if we if we just go to the next slide, uh, event discipleship towards Jesus. It's it's investment in a person on the journey towards Jesus, not just with him over here. It's entering and engage, into and engaging in someone's world, walking with them, so that we can offer them the good news. The good news that what they're looking for in, in all things, what they, their hearts long for, is Jesus. Somewhere along the line, we've, we've so separated discipleship and evangelism to the point where, where this is what happens with Christians and this is what happens with the non-Christians. Uh, but what would happen? What would happen if we, we actually brought the two together um, what would would happen if we offered to do things that we tend to associate over here with the church but actually in the world like we we said we offered to pray for a non- Christian not like just not telling them but actually to pray with them what if we what if we asked someone who was who was not a churchgoer not a believer if they would like to read the Bible with us uh, there is Contrary to what we generally think, at least subconsciously, far more openness to these things um, than we might think. People might be a bit resistant to church and, and, and coming to... But, but things like pray for someone or even reading the Bible with them. These things are evangelism, if you like, grounded in relationship or discipleship. It's, it's discipleship with a gospel-sharing intention. And, and for this to happen, what Paul is saying is that he and we must become all things to all people, quote unquote. Um, he says, to the weak I become as one who is weak to, to win the weak. To those who are under the law I become like one under the law to win those. Uh, so, entering into their world and understanding and relating. Um, and I, I guess I wonder today, if this is why that what Paul talks about You know, becoming all things to all people. That if, if this is why we've so separated evangelism and discipleship because to bring it together takes time and it takes effort and it and it's an investment of fully Im- immersing ourselves in someone's world and understanding them and their values and what makes them tick and um, understanding their religious background and, 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 appre- and appreciating the, the meaning of this for them to appreciate the things they appreciate or at least to appreciate why they appreciate the things they appreciate, if that makes sense, to, 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 to understand and to, to walk closely with. I was talking to Karen this week about um, uh, one of Micah's classmates, uh, who he's become friends with in kindy, and, and his parents. And his parents are, are real friendly, as in Micah's friend's parents. They're really friendly. They've been easier to talk with and, and get to know a bit. And, and as, well, this could be a, could potentially be a, a long term friendship if they the kids grow up together in school. But there's certain things that, that this particular family values, and the ways they talk, that the natural parental instinct is to go, we need to protect Micah from that. There's some language and some other stuff, and it's so, oh, it's a bit uncomfortable. And yet, if God's opening a door to friendship with them. The question I've been learning to ask is, could God be opening a door to friendship with Jesus who lives in me and lives in Karen? Would I be comfortable, for example, if the dad of Micah's little friend invited me to boys' night on a Friday? Which was mentioned a few weeks ago. Oh, boys' night tonight. Mum's looking after the kids. Now, I don't know what happens on boys' night. (laughs) Um, And, of course, there's... There's a line we draw sometimes, but if I was invited, would I feel comfortable? Would I engage in that? Because um, I need to in, engage in, in his, in their world. Can Micah go and play at their house when we know the language used there, even on hoodies, <laughs> that is a little bit sus. Well, there's a tension there. It's real because we're trying to raise our kids with with, with right values and everything, but. But this is what paul's actually addressing to the corinthians there's a verse right at the beginning i've got the exact quote but about their freedom and what it's for their freedom in christ is not for the sake of self-interest i'm free so i can or can't da, da, da. their freedom is to be able to do what's necessary short of sin for the concern and sake of others it's the freedom for others it's and, and of course most importantly the concern for their salvation and so as rachel said two weeks ago I ought not to drink around teenagers, for example, around brothers or sisters for whom this might be a stumbling block. But am I free to not get drunk, but drink with a guy who needs me to be in his world, if that's what boys' night's about? (laughs) Should there be any understanding um, of, of him and his values and his passions and why... What's important to him? Now, it's, it's a silly example in a sense, but I, I think you get, get the point. Becoming all things to all people, engaging in someone's world. Uh, and so, thinking about this compelled to tell mission, this gospel sharing mission, there's, there's a how to it. It's not just a, 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 a sort of a cold, we just go and tell, tell, tell. There's a relational element that's so important, but it's not just for the sake of relationship either paul paul says to the weak i become weak to those under the law i became as one under the law etc to all things to all people so that so that i may save or win is the word he uses another bit some so that i may save some and, and this is where we we don't just need the what which is the Tell and proclaim the gospel, make disciples, bring others to Jesus. We don't just need the, the how, the context of relationship and care and the bringing together of the telling of the gospel and discipleship. We need the why. We, why immerse ourselves in someone's world? Is it just so they'll like me? Is it so that they'll experience God's love through my actions alone? Or is it because I want them and, and long for them? to know God for themselves and Paul finishes this chapter with a with a bunch of analogies that are uh, a couple of analogies that are connected uh, with the essentially the 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 Olympics um, of of the time called the games. Um, now we've just been watching the Olympics, uh, some some of you do, para, or Paralympics at the moment. It's great viewing. It's um, it's it's really wonderful to watch and hear the stories and everything. But what's it, what's it all about, right? What are they aiming for all the time? The gold medal, right? That's that's the aim. That's the, that's what the 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 games, the Olympics, are all about. Now yes, there's the stories, there's the journey there and the overcoming of hardship, which is all fascinating and really beautiful to hear. Um, but never does an athlete get to the gold medal race having overcome a, a, a back problem or um, a hard upbringing or whatever the story might be. And Never do, do they get to the gold medal race and go, I've already won. This has been a heck of a journey and then when the buzzer goes off they run in a different direction from the finish line because they think, oh well, it's, you know. They, they, the goal is always towards the, the gold medal, the prize. And Paul uses this analogy to say we don't run aimlessly. Or oh, Then he uses the analogy of boxing. And this is where we have, get to have a bit of fun this morning. Um, so I'm no boxer. I need a volunteer, by the way. Um, I promise they won't get hurt. <laughs> volunteer. If no one puts their hands up, I'm getting the owner. Okay, here we go, Lisa. Very good. Um, <laughs> welcome back, by the way, Wayne. <laughs> I promise there was no hitting. So um, while we're putting on our boxing gloves, um, they are very cool, thanks Johnny. This is um, Venom, yep there we go. Um, Now I'm no boxer but what is important I imagine, uh, Johnny will fill me in if if needed, is strength and that's important. There's technique, there's agility, there's timing, probably a few other elements as well. all you're not going to get to hit me as uh, either so there and there's all the important ingredients of effective effective boxing but let's just say for a second um i had I, I i'm the top in the world i'm the best in the world and let's just say i have perfect skills and strength in all of these areas agility strength technique etc etc and then let's say the buzzer goes off and this happens so we're going to have the, I just. For my sake, Lisa, <laughs> can you just play defense for me? I'm sorry, it's going to, it's going to be disappointing for you, but you can, you can hit me at the end later if you want, right? So let's just say this happens. Remember, I'm the, just imagine, I'm the best in the world. Agility, technique, strength's perfect. Okay, and then this happens. So one, two, three, go. Right, these are all perfect strokes. <laughs> What's the issue? It's not fun. What's the issue? Paul says, therefore, I do not run like someone aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Why? Because the intention is, you can do it to me. The intention is cheek to, I mean, glove to cheek. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate it. You really wanted to hit me, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Even if my technique and strength was all perfect, aimed in the wrong direction with no recognition of the purpose, um, it, it, it then counts for nothing. And so, for the means to reach the intended end, we've got to know what the means is for and the, the, what the why is. In this case, in this case, connecting glove with chin but in our case connecting friend or colleague or neighbour with Jesus um, even as we ourselves it's really twofold as we ourselves are connected to Jesus that they then too would be connected to Jesus and so I guess it's it's important to think about this does it mean that the, the friendship and the love and the care for one another and is not important no way no way is it not important it's it's like all of that technique and strength does it mean that the understanding of the gospel and our groundedness in scripture and in where isn't important of course not it's important as a church does it mean that our buildings and our programs and our initiatives and gatherings for relationship building are void of course not but aimed in the wrong direction with no purpose um or, or a or a, devi- a slight deviation from the purpose, a bit off. They lose then their purpose. They, we, we, We're punching the air. And Paul says this. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Uh, the purpose, the why, uh, the end goal uh, is, as I said, it's twofold. It's the building up of the church. Um, not not the church structure the building up of one another in our groundedness in a relationship with Jesus the building up of the people of God for the spreading of the gospel the meeting of Jesus and those around us that they would they would come to know him i, I think when we really embrace this why this purpose this 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 end this goal um, and we understand to the how right the how that what what it takes those things together, we really begin to experience the blessing of being disciples of Jesus. Because we're disciples with the purpose intended, disciples who make disciples, those connected to Jesus who connect others to Jesus, however you might want to express it. Um, Instead, over time, we've developed, as I said, this this mentality that it's evangelism over here and discipleship over here. And that just leads to two things. On this side, we disempower ourselves in bringing the gospel to others. Because not many of us are confident, talented evangelists, just walked up to someone, Hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know where you're going if you die tonight? Or however it might have been said over time. And then on this side, we lack fulfilment in church life because all the stuff we do is meant to help us enter people's worlds, Christian and non-Christian, so that the gospel can be shared more easily and naturally. And over here, uh, devoid of its purpose, it seems to go around in circles and we feel frustrated in church life because essentially we're punching the air. What if our own discipleship Our close walk in Jesus' footsteps footsteps is actually best expressed and most fulfilling in making disciples. Immersing ourselves in in relationships with with, with non-believers so that we can share the good news of Jesus with them as we are supported in prayer and and relationship and spiritual foundations in in the church with our brothers and sisters. that The two go hand in hand. And so... I just want to leave us, I guess, with this question of where you're at this morning. I'm asking myself, where am I at? Where, am I, where do I often lean? Um, am I stronger on the why, but the how's a stretch? Or, or, or stronger on the how, but the why is, is a bit fuzzy? For me personally, um, uh, uh, the, I'm, I'm the, the first of those two things. I, I, and maybe it's you. You get the Why? What the reason, the purpose, but you're lacking in the how. You you just know Christians and you do Bible study and church and life group and family prayers and all of that. But you don't feel comfortable with those building of deep relationships with those who don't know Jesus around you. You, you know the gospel, but you, you also know that you can't just fling it at them cold, but you're not sure where to from there. And the, 100% this is me. I'm a pastor. And so every... Day, all day, is church, 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 church. And so my challenge is to reorient my life not around that only, but, but around building relationships with those who don't know Jesus. And so one of the, it's one of the reasons that I tend to work more like 7 till 3 than 9 to 5, because school pickup is the primary place with people that I'll probably be bonding with in years to come. Fellow parents, just hanging out there. It's why one local church in this area uses our cafe to run free English classes for those who are weak in English. They've chosen to be involved in those people's lives in a way that's meaningful and is valuable and investing in them. And that's helped pave the way to present to them in relationship the gospel and people are coming to Christ through it. Um, And so maybe that's you, but maybe on the other side, you're okay on the relationship building side. You've but you've lost a bit of you lost sight of the why a bit you're you're relationally connected with colleagues and neighbors and friends and family you understand their world you're invested in them you, you appreciate their values even if you don't share them and what they do and what they they think but you you think i'm not really sure god put me here as his mouthpiece and so the christian stuff stays over in the church and then outside it's something different the exciting thing about that if that's you, is that you may only be one question away from helping someone start a journey towards Jesus and eternal life in his presence. That question might be, could I pray for you? Um, that question might be, hey, there's this thing called alpha um, and, and it's about exploring what Christianity is about. Any chance you'd like to do it with me? And you don't have to wait for the church to do it. I can show you how to do it, run it yourself with a friend. Um, you, you, the question might be, do you want to read the Bible with me and see what that has to say about these things you're facing? Again, we don't associate this with something we do outside of church, but why not? Why not? I'm uh, just to finish this morning. I'm really grateful for the leadership team of this church, um, uh, the other eight uh, around uh, around myself, both paid and 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 uh, voluntary, um, partly because they are so dedicated to and 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 believe this. This mission God has called this church family to, to be disciples who make disciples. Um, And and I want to invite you um, to to lunch this afternoon as we talk about that together. But mostly I'm grateful for our leadership team and many others as well in this church because every single one of our our team lives it, not just says it and believes it, but lives it. Some of them serve voluntarily uh, many hours per week in our youth group or play group. Um, Building relationships with people who don't know Jesus, stepping into their world to bring opportunities to share the good news of Jesus. One of them hosted an exchange student recently, which led eventually to that student giving their heart to the Lord before they went back home. Um, one of them, uh, another one I know, picks up another family's child and will bring them to church if there's a need, if if it's hard for the parents to get here, or we'll look after them on a weekend to help them out um, because that's their way of nurturing that family's um, uh, development towards Jesus. Other Others go beyond the responsibilities of their role to, to build relationships with people in that role who don't know the Lord. All eight of them uh, around... Myself in the team, whether they're paid or unpaid, as I said, believe the mission, but they live it as well. Not perfectly. None of us do. Um, and often with very little recognition, but they do live it. The same is true of many of you. And the the thing that I've been reflecting on recently is that most of it is unseen. Most of it is is not in the setting of some official thing we do. It's... It's behind the scenes, and it's like, did you know that so and so does da 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 on their weekend? Like, oh, I hadn't heard that before. That's that's really. Did you know that? It's it's behind the scenes a lot of the time, um, but we all have ways we can grow and encourage one another in this. Just to finish this morning, there's um the, the thing about this whole journey is that it's not a three step process to success. <laughs> if you notice what Paul says. Uh, towards the end of this, be, oh, the, the first section. I, become, I became all things to all people so that I may win or save all? No. Some. We're not always going to see breakthrough in people's lives. Um, and and you, you may have been praying for someone for 20 years. Uh, um, and and it's, it's, it feels like maybe there's a bit of process, but it still doesn't seem to be going very far. And this can cause us to shift the goalposts when we get discouraged. I'm doing doing the things, but it's not producing fruit. It can cause us to go, well, maybe the point isn't new disciples of Jesus. Maybe it's just more this, that, or the other. It's easier, of course, to feel great about how we're doing when we measure things that are easier to achieve. But that doesn't mean we change the goal. That doesn't mean we change the purpose. We run the race to get the prize. We put on the gloves to Get the knockout I know it's not a great analogy in that sense but but not to punch the air let's train well not neglecting any essential ingredient whether it be care for one another our connection with local community the development of our young people our immersion in God's Word etc but let's also not forget the purpose of all of that the building up of one another in our connection to Jesus for the spreading of the gospel to connect them to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for um, your great love for us, your grace and your mercy, Lord Jesus, displayed on the cross with your life given up for us. Lord, we just take a moment this morning to remember And to appreciate your great love for us. Your extravagant mercy and grace. You have saved us. Pulled us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your glorious light. So as we continue praying this morning, I'm I'm aware that this message this morning has been pretty much exclusively for those who believe and trust in Jesus. And yet some of you may um, be wrestling with your faith and, and going, I'm not sure what I, what I believe or if I believe it. Um, some of you may have n- never made a choice to follow Jesus before. We want uh, to remember to, for you to know this morning that the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that though you were created for relationship with God and to be fulfilled completely in him, We've wandered away from Him. We've been separated from God because of our sin, because of our rebellion, because of wanting to be our own masters and lords. And yet Jesus came to pay the price, to to be our substitute, to step in and, and take what we deserve, that separation from God, so that by trusting in Him... We could be as He is before the Father. Perfect and blameless and holy and able to be in perfect relationship with God again. That we would be free and fulfilled and blessed for all of eternity. And that that is the good news. If we trust in Jesus. If we trust in Jesus. All that we long for will be fulfilled in our relationship with God made possible by Jesus. And so... Father, this morning, whether we know this good news, whether we've doubted it, but your Holy Spirit is bringing us back to believe it again, or whether we've never believed it before, but want to explore it further and um, and, and say yes to Jesus. We just commit ourselves to you. Walk with us on this journey, we pray. And remind us, give us a revelation, Lord, of who you really are and what your love is really like. In Jesus' name.